Today is Monday, August the 14th, and welcome to the Daily Pause. Inspired by the prophet Daniel's amazing, heartfelt prayer of confession recorded in Daniel 9, our journey this week will lead us into the life-giving waters of the confession of our sins, an absolutely essential part of life with Jesus. Although my knee-jerk reaction is always, oh no, i got to deal with my sins. But Jesus promises that this is a path to new life and restoration with him. I'm encouraged on this journey by author Tyler Stanton when he writes, one of the biggest mistakes we've made in the modern church is to reimagine spiritual maturity as the need to confess less. Spiritual maturity means we confess more, not less. Hmm. So with ears, minds, and hearts open to Jesus, let's begin. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My dear Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you now to be restored in you, to be renewed in you, to receive your life and your love and all the grace and mercy I so desperately need this day. I surrender every aspect and dimension of my life to you. I ask your Holy Spirit to restore me in you, renew me in you, and lead me in this time of prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, to my mind. I receive your comfort. Come, Holy Spirit, to my heart. I receive your peace. Come, Holy Spirit, to my soul. I receive the Father's love for me. Jesus, I surrender myself and my agenda to you and receive you and your agenda for me. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. Daniel 
chapter 9, verses 1 through 10. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last seventy years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. I haven't lived 60 years yet. Even of the years I've lived, it's not as if they're all just firmly in my memory bank. It's hard to comprehend and relate, I think, for me, to Daniel's solidarity and remaining faithful to God during all 60 years so far of this exile, in the sense that he's not forgotten why they are in exile. It would be easy for me, I think, to forget. I wonder how many of the exiles truly had forgotten. Daniel has not. How many of the children of the exiles don't really grasp what they are exiled into, since it's all they know? But Daniel has not forgotten. His humble memory stayed fresh with why they are in exile. I'm in awe of his holy reverence for God and his reliance on God's word. He references Jeremiah. He knows exile's coming to an end. Instead of celebrating, he's in sackcloth and ashes and begging for mercy. No resentment, no bitterness. He knows God can do whatever he wants. Maybe bring them out of exile and just put them right back into exile. He doesn't know, so he has a holy reverence for him. Mercy, though, is still what's reigning supreme here. No matter how much Daniel repents or how much the people could repent, what ultimately is rescuing them is God's mercy on them. Verse 7 gives us such a contrast between the polar opposite of us and God, his total righteousness, our utter shame. When Adam and Eve sinned and felt shame, they hid. The righteousness of God became totally obvious to them, and coming in contact with them moved them to hide. It's why I think when either I'm walking in sinful ways, or I have a hidden sin, or an unconfessed sin, or a sin that I don't even know is a sin, or I'm thinking it's not a sin, I want to hide. 
I may not want to show up fully present in worship. I may not even want to physically be in worship. Even stepping out of regular rhythms with God can make us not want to return to church or those rhythms simply out of embarrassment. The contrast is just all that much more evident once we're faced with the righteousness of God. Frankly, I think what we're experiencing in those moments is absolute awe of Him, a holy fear that the evil one then just turns into shame. What if we instead leaned into that awe, that reverence for Him in spite of our shame, and then allowed His mercy to just wash over us and remove the shame? Our hearts must be willing to encounter the Holy One and humbly confess in order to be cut loose from our shame. As we return to a portion of the passage of Spirit, uncover the places in my heart those places of shame that need your mercy washed over them. Uncover the things that I resist confessing and purify purify my heart and set me free. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. Psalm 32, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, God, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Jesus, will you come by your spirit now and help me name and confess my sins? The ways I have acted the words I have said, 
the thoughts I have had that are opposed to your word, your will, and your desire for my life. Search me, Spirit, that I might name my sins before you. Jesus, will you come by your Spirit and help me name and confess my sins, especially my disordered trust structures. So often I am blind to ways I trust other people, other things, and myself for my sense of well-being, my sense of security my sense of success, my sense of significance. I confess I trust them as if they were my God. But you are my God. And to you I confess my areas of misplaced trust. and name them now. Then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Jesus, I receive your complete and total forgiveness for all my sins. Thank you. Come Holy Spirit and fill me afresh. Ignite in me passion and zeal for following you today and living out your mission in my world. Amen.